Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary! Wow. Where's me top? Wherever you left them. Uh, did you see me flip-flops? Ah, uh, here. Make your next holiday fuss-free with an Avant Card personal loan. With personalised pricing that's made for you, at least there's one less thing to worry about. Find out more at avantcard.ie. And me snorkel! Oh, have you seen me snorkel? Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Trading's Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Jets Radio. This is your host Tyson Roush, and we got a lot going on in Jets Nation right now. So with that being said, I'll bring on my co-host Joe from Long Beach. Joe, how you doing, man? Hey, Tyson, man, I'm so fired up. I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to talk Jets, and I'm ready to I'm ready to just have a great time. The intro was awesome. Yeah, but speaking of the intro, I want to thank. Uh, DJ Chef, he's a good friend of mine. He's a, he's an entertainer. He's a DJ. He he hosts all the Rise Talent Management Jets events. We tweeted out his information a couple times. Be sure to give him a follow. He's a, he's a very he's a very very good entertainer. Um, and Joe, we got we got a lot to talk about. We got a special guest coming on tonight, Keith Lewis, defensive back for the Jets. Um, and we have Percy Harvin to talk about CJ Spiller. I mean, there's right now is like the ultimate smokescreen time of year where teams are releasing information, where players are releasing information. It's it's definitely some interesting times right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like like you said, a lot of speaking on the smokescreen stuff, you got to kind of sift through that stuff. But it's a lot of information flying around, especially now the combines going too as well. You got a lot of guys showing a lot of crazy skills in there too freakish athleticism so this is a great time to man to talk football for real and the one thing too and like we started touching on it now is that you know a lot of agents start releasing information teams release information you know everybody's trying to negotiate trying to generate interest for the client trying to you know try to try to make the almighty dollar and we'll start with cj spiller you know and and the first thing was you know 
C.J. Spiller is like, I love Rex Ryan, I love Buffalo. Well, here, here's a newsflash, Joe. The first thing as a free agent, the first thing you do, you always say you love your former team. That's the first thing because you want the fans on your side and you want to put pressure on your former team to try to sign you. So C.J. Spiller is saying all the right things, but at the same time he's like, I like Chan Gailey. Well, of course you do because you know what? You want to generate interest in yourself. So for me, it's a no-brainer that everything he's saying just makes sense because he wants to get a big contract. But I'll start off by saying this. If the Jets don't get C.J. Spiller, it's not going to break my heart. Absolutely. That's, that's the exact same way that I feel. Um, like like we spoke about in the past, very interested in Anton Smith. Um, I'm extremely interested in bringing in Roy Hallou. Um, I think C.J. Spiller is doing what he needs to do for himself, for his wallet, um, pulling at the heartstrings of the Buffalo Bills fans, kind of putting it all on them and, um, you know, saying, hey, look, I want to be here. Does the organization want me here? Um, yep. I, I want to come back. They need to resign me. They, they need to give me a deal. So that's what he's doing when he – continues to to talk about Buffalo in that in that fashion um and just opening the door with us. He knows Chan Gailey's here. He knows that. <laughs> Anybody that can read knows that. So, you know, he's definitely opening the door over here saying, okay, well, look, if I can't go back to the Bills, I don't have any problem, you know, going across and, and staying in the AFC East and playing for those Jets. So he's, he's, he's being very smart, very political with the way he's playing the game. But, you know, if we don't sign him um, – I have I have no issues with us going elsewhere because um, I'm I'm not a big fan of him either way. Yeah, and the thing is too, it's like you understand. Like, I understand the benefits of CJ Spiller. I understand what he brings to the table, but he also has injury concerns. I mean, there he's not like a, a no brainer. Like everybody keeps asking, who's your no brainer free agent guy you want? And the link with Spiller and Gailey makes sense, but it's not it's not a make it or break or pick for me in the off season. You know, we've mentioned, like, Anton Smith. We've mentioned, for me, Shane Vereen. Shane Vereen's 25 years old. If you can get him for three years, $12 million, there's your running back. That's a perfectly complimentary back to Chris Ivory, which is what you want. I mean, that, you know, it's like, and, and the argument we had today on Twitter, and, and first of all, we're at, we're at Talk Jets Radio on Twitter, and if you want to call in, it's uh, 929-477-2651. You know, it's, Chris Ivory is a solid back. Is he a franchise back? But we don't need a franchise back. You have a platoon. You have Chris Ivory, and you get a running back that can catch the ball out of backfield, and you add in a, a, a rookie draft pick, a later round pick. Joe, I'm fine with that for the running back position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like I said, C.J. Spiller does not make or break uh, our free agency period if we don't get him fine. Um, like you said, he has injury concerns. Uh, Shane Vereen is a good option as well. Um, you know, there's just I, I believe there's cheaper options out there as well. And we also also have some guys in the fold too. Uh, like I spoke about Rick, uh, Richardson, the guy we have on the on the practice field on the practice team. Excuse me. I want to see what we can get out of him. Um, so bringing him up really already kind of fills, fills, the, fills the roles here. We already have three solid backs in Ivory, you know, Richardson, and, and, and Bilal Powell. Bilal will kind of be the only kind of odd man out there. And then we can go out and, like you spoke about, look at other places like Shane Vereen, Roy Hulu, Anton Smith. So I, I'd be fine either way. We don't, we don't need a man, the man. Uh, I believe that Chris Ivory is our number one running back, and he is the man. But it could be running back by committee as well. Um, and we can also go to the draft, too. There's guys in the draft that I think that are pretty well made out to be on this team, too. So we have so many options. Just going after one guy or, or you know, betting the farm on one guy and saying, hey, if we don't get C.J. Spiller, we're, you know, we're, we're done. That's, that's far from the truth. 
Yeah, and that's the thing I, I like to point out, especially to our listeners and our followers. It's like, don't buy into the if Mike McCagney can't land C.J. Spiller, it, it's a it's a you know a boomer bust kind of deal. No, it's okay, it's fine. It's not a position of desperate need. And you know, and I'll go to one of our mailbag questions. First of all, I want to thank everybody for all the mailbag questions. We got a ton of them. And the first one was from Joey Godinez. I hope I said his name right. And it was Adrian Peterson. The, the, the word around town is that Adrian Peterson had a falling out with the Vikings, and they're going to look to either trade him or release him. And he's like, how does he fit with the Jets? And before I answer that, Joe, what are your thoughts on Adrian Peterson? I love Adrian Peterson. Um, anyone that has ever watched him play loves Adrian Peterson. I mean, he's powerful. He runs powerful. He runs violent. This is a guy that if, um, if he's fast, he will run you over. He's extremely hard to bring down. All that being said, he's going to cost way too much on that open market. That's factual. Um, I don't think we'll be able to afford him. Uh, I think there's other things that we can address with the money that we would give him. Um, would he be great to have? Sure. Are you going to give him, you know, at, a, at a, a friendly contract number to come here? Absolutely not. I don't believe that. I think he'll go elsewhere. Uh, I think AP is probably going to end up with the Cowboys. They're going to have to pay him a little bit, and they're also probably going to have to give the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings are going to cut him. Uh, that's something else we'll probably have to look into is giving them draft picks or something to uh, get Adrian Peterson off there because I, I truly don't believe they'll cut him. They, they'd be stupid to do that. Um, so I just think he's too expensive uh, on both ends, the trade to get him and also the contract that you probably have to work out to you know, yeah, make I'll, it pass friendly for you. And I'll, I'll, I'll take it further. I mean, I agree with you. Dynamic player, one of the best running backs in the NFL. I'll give you all that. Here's two bigger issues. 29 years old, 2,000 carries. 2,000 carries is a lot of miles in those tires where, you know, that's when running backs start breaking down. So you may have one of the best backs in the NFL for how long? So his his price tag, you know, the contract, even the off-the-field issues, which could bring some kind of a circus environment to the team. For me, I understand the notion of trying to get him to me – I don't do it. I, I just don't do it. You know, it's like you said, it's, there's a lot of things that, you know, there's a lot of positives, but there's also significant negatives. And for me, the price tag, the compensation to get him and the 2,000 carries bothers me. Now, the, the other guy that was mentioned to us is there was a rumor, well, not a rumor, it's Matt Forte. Matt Forte is a guy that, you know, he's trying to negotiate a contract with the Chicago Bears. And there's a rumor like, hey, what, what if he becomes available? And I'll just say this Matt Forte is turning 30 years old. 1,800 carries. Now, he, to me, is, is a little bit more, little more versatile than Peterson because phenomenal, you know, back out of the backfield. I, I think he's just he's underrated in certain terms. But, again, Joe, it's going to be compensation and price tag. And I mean, I think he, he could, you know, command the world for what his talents. I mean, what are your thoughts on Matt Forte? Exactly the exact same thing. I think that he is versatile, um, catches the ball out the backfield extremely well. Uh, as a guy that you can also put – I've seen him out wide as well uh, in the slot. They've done some things with him motioning that he's a he's a matchup uh, nightmare for linebackers. But, again, that price point, his price tag, I believe, is going to be too high. Um, and I just don't think we can get him in for a cap-friendly deal. But he would be an excellent addition to this team. But he's just he's just not going to fit. He's not going to fit. He's going he's gonna to cost way too much. Yeah, and let, let, let me preface by saying this. I understand that the price tag is high, and we have to spend, say, $45 million this offseason, but the price tag, what I'm saying price tag means his contract plus your compensation to get him. You're, you're not going to say, okay, mm-hmm. 
we're getting a third round pick and, that, and that's it. No, it's going to take you know a couple draft picks, a significant contract. I mean, there is no, there, there's no, you know, you're not getting this guy on the cheap. You're not getting him easy. So you know, I, I think just the compensation overall from Matt Forte, while it sounds great, is just not going to happen. So like we mentioned earlier, there's plenty of guys you can look at. We mentioned Shane Vereen, Roy Hulu, You know, there's other guys, Anton Smith. You know, th- there's guys out there. So it's just when it comes to running backs and then the draft. Don't panic with that. Now, Joe, we'll go to our favorite topic. And actually, no, before we even do that, let's go, we'll bring a caller on because before I rip Percy Harvin and we can debate about him, we'll go to our first <laughs> call of the night. And our, our first call of the night is Kyle. Kyle, what's up, man? This is Joe and Tyson. What, what's that, Kyle? Oh, hello? Kyle, it's Joe and Tyson. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? I mean, I was just talking to some friends. Sorry. No problem. How you guys doing? Good. What do you want? What's on your mind tonight, man? What's on my mind tonight? Um, a, a lot, actually. Um, well, I heard you guys talking about you know C.J. Spiller. I think it'd be all right if uh, you know maybe four mil. That's since you know he's kind of injury prone in a way. Maybe two years. Okay. That's not right. Two I years? Think. You think it's gonna? I think if, if C.J. Spiller, if you're gonna sign C.J. Spiller, you're giving him more than two. I mean, Joe, I'm thinking you gotta go four or five years with him. What do you think, Joe? Yes, exactly. If you're going to bring him in, it's probably going to be, you know, four to five years with him. But at the same time, aren't you concerned about his injury history, Kyle? The fact that he's had a lot of trouble staying on the field since he's been in the league. I, uh, that's why I said two years, because I would not trust that guy for five years under contract. Yeah, that's, so you would, that's the problem. That, yeah, that's the problem, though. It's like I understand, yeah. like, just to protect yourself for the risk, you go two years, but I think in order to sign him – you're going to have to go four or five. That's where I think Joe and I both think if you, you go for a guy like a Shane Vereen or maybe a Roy Hulu, they, they have a little bit more durability where you can say, okay, you know, you can feel more comfortable getting a three-year deal, and you could probably get him for three years. Yeah, Shane Vereen. I like that guy. Kyle, what's your take on uh, our favorite subject? What's your take on Percy Harvin? Oh, Percy Harvin. Well, I mean – He's another injury-prone guy, and it looks like he's not willing to take a pay cut because, you know, who would when he can go, uh, especially when the Pats are interested. So if you uh, if you saw another receiver before the 19th, then you caught him. But if not, you're going to have to, I think, take the cap hit and, you know, pay 10 mil. Okay, so so who who else would you be looking into bringing here? Realistically, who do you believe that you the Jets will be able to sign and get in as far as forcing a hand and getting leverage in this situation? Yeah, um, maybe like, well, I don't know if Cobb's going to become available, um, but maybe him, maybe a a Macklin, even Tory Smith, you know, someone someone like that. But don't you think some of those guys, like say like a Randall Cobb, don't you think they'll come at or very close to, if not a little bit above, what Piercy Harvin is asking uh, to come in? Oh yeah, a little. We'll have to overpay a little bit because you know we're the Jets and aren't in a very you know good situation at the moment. But you know maybe you know New York, maybe they like New York and they'll take you know. But if Cobb wants like eight to ten, like they're saying, if you play him ten, I'm sure he'll come. Maybe even like. Ten point five. Yeah, yeah, but see, the thing that I believe is like a lot of these guys that are going to go to different places, like you said, like Cobb, 
uh, he's the one guy that I believe is truly going to be out there because I think Demarius Thomas and Jess Bryant, they're going to stay where they are. Um, Cobb, when you when you look at him and you ask him, hey, well, how much is it going to cost for you to go play with someone like maybe a Phillip Rivers if you want to go to San Diego or maybe even the Vikings if you want to go play with Teddy Bridgewater? You know, how much is it going to cost you? I think he'll take a little bit less. And when you say something like, hey, how would you like to go play with Geno Smith? I think that price is going to go up. And I, I, think that's where I think that's where we'll run into trouble right there. Um, this is my thing about Percy Harvin is that do I like his price tag? No, I've never liked his price tag. But I do see the change in the offense when we have him. I do see the change of number one wide receiver, speed, fast, route runner, gets open. He's our game breaker. Not just that, he's also a kick returner and a punt returner. He can do those things. So he makes a difference in the special teams as well. And I don't hear any wide receiver, free agent that could possibly come to us or is out there that is realistically a shot for us to get at can do all three of those things. I don't. If there's, if there's one on the market, please educate me. A guy that, that has his feet, that has his playmaking ability, and is willing to return and, and return punts and kicks as well. And also, nothing in his contract is guaranteed. Um, I think that's something that people need to start looking at. We can get rid of him whenever we feel like it and owe him nothing. So that's just my take on him. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty good, actually, because uh, there's also a bunch of receivers in the draft, too, like Kevin White, Amari Cooper, Nelson Aguilar, Hey Kyle, I got Kyle. I have a, I have a question for you, Kyle. Because see, right now Joe's trying to brainwash you. And I'm not gonna let that happen. So I have a question for <laughs> yeah. you. Just a simple question: How many 1,000 yard receiving seasons has Percy Harvin had? I believe zero. That is correct. So over mm-hmm. six years, he's he's had zero 1,000 yard receiving seasons, and now everybody covets him like he's some special dynamic player. So instead of spending that $10.5 million on a show-me deal, which Joe wants to do, we could take that money and put it towards, say, a Jason Worlds, a, a pass rusher, and then draft the receiver in the, in the, with the number six pick. Or get, if he's worried about a kick returner, why not just get one in the draft or get a, a receiver you know, later on? Or, or they can just don't you think there's other options than to, to spend this kind of money on a, on a Percy Harvin? I mean... I, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not, like, a huge Percy Harvin fan. It's not going to kill me if he's on the team. It's not going to kill me if he's off the team. There's other guys out there. Like, kick returners, like, aren't even that important anymore. Every other kick is a touchback. So, that's not really a big deal. Um, punt return, Curly's decent. Um, you know, there's other receivers in the draft. Torrey Smith is a realistic option because I just saw today the Ravens said they're not going to overpay him because they're afraid of the Mike Wallace factor. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's the thing is, I mean, and Kyle, we want to thank you for calling him. We definitely appreciate it. Um, there's there's a there's a lot of people out there that we can deal with, and you have forty five million dollars you have to spend. So it's not like I mean, just for just for argument's sake, you could pick up a Ted Ginn for two million dollars and bring him into return kicks. You could, like you said, there's Jeremy Curley. There's there's guys we can use. It's like Percy Harvin isn't the end all be all that because he can run the ball in the backfield and catch some, you know and return some kicks. I'm paying him ten million dollars. I can take that ten million dollars and bring in three different players. So 
Joe, I respect your point, but I think as the night goes on, we're going to keep talking about this, dude, because I I just don't agree. And the fact that he's not willing to restructure, I I think that it's time for him to go. And, you know, the first week of the free agency, I think the Jets will just keep him around until he signs somebody else better. Yeah, I mean you you can disagree, and again we'll we'll be talking about this all night long because this is <laughs> I'm, I'm here to stand for it. Um, but my 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 point with that is is like you can say he hadn't had a thousand yard season, that's fine. But he was he wasn't always on the field. He wasn't always used correctly as well. That was one of his problems when he was in Seattle. So he wasn't so, used, so he better. wasn't used he wasn't used correctly in Minnesota. He wasn't used correctly in Seattle, and he wasn't used correctly in New York. So three teams couldn't use him correctly. No, he wasn't used correctly. That that was his issue. That's what that's that's what he said. I don't I don't think he was always put in the position to get get things done that he needed to have done though. But when you saw the explosive, when you saw him leave Seattle, you saw that offense change. You saw them struggle. And if you asked him what the problem was, a lot of them in the locker room, a lot of players in the locker room quietly said it's because Harvin is gone. And you saw you saw how vertically challenged they were offensively. Okay, you saw our <laughs> offense at the beginning of the season. We were vertically challenged. You want to go get all these different guys, and you want to say, hey, well, we can just dump Piercy and we can draft a guy that's fine. Okay, well, that blows up our drafting plan of go- getting offensive linemen. There's a lot of really good offensive linemen in the first round that I believe if we trade or if we get an Omari Cooper or someone else that we'll miss out on, and they'll be gone by the time, by the time we either try to package picks to get back up. We'll have to do that or we'll be waiting, and we'll fall and not get some of these offensive linemen that are there. When we could trade down and stockpile for the future, that's what we need to start doing in this year's draft. I don't think you need to get rid of Harvin. I think Harvin is a guy that is set up to succeed here, and I think that if you give – if look, $10 million, $10.5, again, we all know it's too much, but guess what? We're going to have to pay that. If we go on the market or if we wait and draft a wide receiver who we don't know for a fact that will pan out, because that's what happens usually with most – high-end wide receivers that usually bust out, most of them, then we'll be back to square one. We'll be back to square one. We have something that works here. Why can't we just allow it time to work? He was still playing extremely well at an extremely high level with Marty Moynihan coaching on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Kyle, do you have this guy. (laughs) Go ahead. Wait, wait, Joe, hold on. Kyle, do you have anything to add to this before we let you go? Uh. Yeah, um, well, one, first yard, we can't even stay on the field, so I don't think he's worth uh, $10 million. Um, two, Percy Harvin is not the only option. Like, there's, like, hundreds of receivers. Like, I don't know, like, Torrey Smith, is, he's the same thing as Percy Harvin. He's a vertical threat. He had 11 touchdowns last year. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, there's 
three rounds deep worth of receivers again this year. I, I mean, I really don't see why we need Percy Harvin. Kyle, once again, man, we appreciate you calling in, and we make sure everybody will tweet out your Twitter handles, everybody follows you, and uh, good talking to you again, man. All right, thanks. We'll stay on. We'll stay on the busy phones right now. We're gonna to go to another Kyle, actually, and it seems like everybody. Percy Harvin's gonna be a hot topic tonight, Joe. I have a feeling. Oh, oh this absolutely. Is Kyle, 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 this is Joe and Tyson. Let's talk Jets. How you doing, man? How you guys doing? Uh, actually, Percy Harvin's not actually the main thing I wanted to speak about. I just figured since you were on the topic, I had to you know put my two cents in. Um, but just as I think it was maybe Tyson. This is my first time calling in, so I'm not too familiar with you guys. But uh, yeah, I think. I think you kind of got to keep him at the price, you know, unless you got that 10, that 10 day window to assess the free agent market and maybe make a run for a cob if possible. But I think if you can't get one of those guys and you probably won't, cause I can't see those teams letting those guys walk. Then I think you got to keep Percy Harvin. And, you know, I think it's actually smarter to keep him than restructuring his contract. Cause if you restructure his contract, you're going to give him some guaranteed money. And I don't think you want to give a guy that's so injury prone as him some guaranteed money. But anyway, no, I, uh, I, well, I mean, I'll just react to that real quick. First of all, first of all, thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. And I, I agree with you. The, the best part of Percy Harvin right now is the Jets have all the leverage because they have those extra nine days. Free agency starts. He's going to want to be out there wheeling and dealing, and he can't because he's, part of, he, he's still under contract with the Jets. So they have nine days to see what the market is, see what they can get, see what they can or cannot get done, and then make a decision from there. So I agree with you there. They have all the leverage. And then after eight days, they can't sign a Randall Cobb or a Jeremy Macklin or whoever that may be. They say, hey, you know what? It's either Percy or we're going to go to the draft. So I, it, it's a, it, the Jets are in a good situation in that. In terms of that, I agree about the con- the guaranteed money to a point. I mean, you don't want to. I mean, if you consider a valuable commodity, then if you guarantee him what fifteen million to keep him around for a couple of years, it's not the end of the world. It's not ideal, but I, you know, it's it, it's definitely a tough. It's a tough situation to be in in terms of just like he's so talented. But the injuries, it just has to be a concern. It really does. I mean, just it's just his history. You know what I mean? But go, go yeah, to the next topic. More, I think that's more of a hindrance and a risk than, yep. you know, just cause, because you got so much money, you have so much cap space this year anyway, so why go and give him, you know, the guaranteed money, which is just going to screw you in the future, so to speak. So, anyway, uh, no, no, the main thing I, the the, the thing other, I wanted to call – yeah, yeah, actually, the other thing, too, is, and Sean just mentioned to us on Twitter, is the pick, is the fourth-round pick, too. You're keeping him around. That's a fourth-round pick instead of a sixth-round pick. When, and this kind of draft with the, with the high level of talent in the, in the upper rounds, that fourth-round pick could be somebody. So that's another thing to keep in mind. It certainly is. It certainly is. The main reason I wanted to call is I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this is, you know, you, you watched the combine this past weekend. You know, there's all the quarterback talk, Geno Smith. You know, obviously not an impressive season by any stretch of the imagination. Has the Week 17 performance that gives some people some hope. I can't be sold. I don't think any fan in the right mind can be sold. If Winston, which I don't see that happening at all, or Mariota falls to you with the sixth pick in the draft, how could you not take him? And I'm kidding you not. I don't ever have dreams about the Jets, but I had a dream last night that the Jets selected Marcus Mariota with the sixth pick. I just think that quarterback is just much too valuable of a position, and both of these guys are extremely talented. I just can't see how you pass up on one of them. You know, someone, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah today, released a new mock draft where the Jets were selecting Trey Waynes while Mario oh. was still on the board. While Mario was still on the board. 
Well, Kyle, first off, Kyle, thank you for calling in. And I totally agree with everything you said about Harvey. You're a genius at that point. But we're talking about the draft. If you're telling me that Mariota or Winston slips to the sixth-round pick, um, my thoughts have always been I think we should trade down, even if they're still on the board. This is why. Winston is crazy. You can't draft him because you can't trust him off the field. He comes here to New York, this media is going to eat him alive. They'll tape him from the time he opens his door to walk to practice or however he gets to practice to the time he goes back home and closes that door. He cannot, he just can't be here. Mariota is a guy that I believe is soft. I think he has talent there. He's very talented. But both of them also, you're going to have to sit them for a year. If you watch their games, even if you read the scouting reports on them, you're going to have to sit those guys for a year. Um, and we have other needs on this team that I believe we can fill with that pick if we trade down and, you know, go and wheel and deal and stock pick, picks for next year or year, a year after that as well. So I just don't see why you would take Mariota or Winston because you're, you're basically going to feed another rookie quarterback to this New York media and his team because eventually people are going to be clamoring for him to start, even though Todd Bowles and Mike McCagnon would have to step up and just say, listen, we got this kid. He's not going to start. That's what they'd have to do. But we have other needs on this team, but I think that we, we would do better utilizing that pick, moving down, stockpiling picks, getting offensive linemen, because I truly believe that in this draft, we could literally pretty much almost rebuild our offensive line here. We, all we need was two guards and a right tackle, and we can do that in this draft in the first round if we can – say if we end up trading with Cleveland and getting their two first-round picks if they want to move up. That's just something that's out there. You know, we could do those things, and that's, that's where I think we need to do. I just don't think we need to draft another rookie quarterback here. I think we need to go the veteran route and get somebody in here that's a stopgap guy and allow, those, allow a guy to grow, and then maybe next year we see what kind of flourishes that. Maybe even a Sam Bradford, you know. Yeah, but what see, do you Joe, think about that? Wait, wait, but, Joe, actually, before you even go into that, the thing is this. It's like mm-hmm. I understand the notion of you can't pass on Marcus Mariota, and I respect that, but is he a no-brainer franchise quarterback without question? And if your answer is I'm not necessarily sure about that, for me it's like I don't want him then. Like for me, if you're taking a quarterback in the first round, especially a top-six pick, he's got to be a guy that you have full confidence in. And, you, you know, we're already saying now he's got to sit a year. Okay, what if it takes him two years to sit? Now it's like it's a project. So if you think he's a project or he's got to sit, he needs to, he has to develop, can he handle the media, which is reports or concerns about that? If you have those question marks, I'd rather have those question marks or a defensive player. Give me Randy Gregory. I mean, I, I would go in, in a complete different direction, to be honest with you. If I have, legit, if I have concerns or I'm not completely sold on Mariota, I'm not, I'd pass on him. I'd either try to trade down. I'd look at a, a Randy Gregory, a Dante Fowler. I'd even look at receivers. I mean, I just – I mean, Kyle, this is my opinion. Like, I, you have to be 1,000% sold on him. I, I understand the need that the Jets need a franchise quarterback, but you, I mean, you're going to put all your marbles in that basket then, and the pressure for him to play in this market with his fan base will be insurmountable. Yeah, I understand that, but, you know, I mean, just I don't care how good your team is. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. You're just not. I don't care how good the rest of the team is. And to touch on the other point about the offensive linemen, you definitely don't take a lineman with the sixth pick. If you trade down, and I, I agree trading down is, is definitely, you know, a tantalizing mm-hmm. option, but this is not this is a below-average class for offensive linemen. So I don't know that that's the answer either. And, and the whole sitting, I, I, you know what, if it's going to be good for his future, if you have to sit him, you know, honestly, sitting quarterbacks has worked out. How did it work out for Aaron Rodgers? 
You know, so yeah. I, listen, but you know what? I, I get that. Listen, listen. We we all we all appreciate the fact that this Jets need a franchise quarterback. I'm not going to argue. By no, I mean, I've been begging for 15 years for that. So I'm, I understand that. But it's like you can't force it. If it's not there, you can't force it. So it's like, all right, you know, if it means Geno Smith and Jake Locker this year both competing with some kind, with with Matt Sims, and we try again next year, I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm not going to force it because I need one. I want to make sure I have the right one. So, I mean, everything you read, this isn't a good draft class for quarterbacks. It's Winston Mariota and a whole lot of questions. So it's like, all right, if Mariota's not your guy, don't take him because you have to. Just pass on him. You, maybe Geno develops. You bring in a Jake Locker or Ryan Mallett. Take your chances and go back at it next year. And meanwhile, your sixth pick could be a dominant pass rusher that this team's desperately needed. I mean, we needed one since John Abraham. So I respect what you're saying. I mean, and look, before everybody keeps ripping me, I'm not saying Mario is a project. I'm saying if he has to sit for a year, it's still you – know, Joe, you have no idea. I'm getting ripped already. But it's just like, you know, if you get a dominant pass rusher, that's fine. You know what I mean? So I hear where you're coming from, but, you know, it's just I don't want to force decision to appease the media and the fans. Hey, I, I totally agree with you there. I just have another question. This is a big conundrum that we face as Jet fans. Here's the thing. If you want to say, okay, well, we'll do it next year, and you keep pushing off to next year, next year, next year, how do you guarantee that you're going to even be in contention to draft the top quarterback next year? Because if you have an 8-8 eight and eight season, which, you know, is possible, this year you're going to be looking to pick around 15, 16, 17, 18 like we had last year. And if you have an 18th pick, you're not going to get a top franchise quarterback. Yeah, so but how, me, and when, I, when will you get that opportunity to draft a franchise quarterback? Because you know you're not getting one in free agency. Well, that's def- that's not necessarily true. Um, if there's a top 15 quarterback, if there's a, your guy is there as a franchise and you believe that that's your franchise quarterback, that's going to fall on the shoulders of Mike McCagnan and his scouting department, then you do, what, do what's necessary to move up to get that guy. So just because we can have an 8-8 eight and eight season or a 7-9 and nine season or whatever, be at the middle of the pack or – maybe around 10 or 9 or something like that, then we can move up and do that. That doesn't mean, you know, that we'll never have another shot at a franchise guy. And who says that first-round quarterbacks are always franchise guys? There's guys that come out in the second round, too, that end up being franchise quarterbacks. There's guys that come out in lower rounds than that. Sometimes they end up being franchise quarterbacks. I mean, look at, you know, look at Wilson out there with the Seahawks. I mean, this guy's balling. He wasn't no first-round pick. You know, so you can always find things. You can always find guys around there, and that's where you move up and down on the draft board. So just because we don't get them this year, especially like like we spoke about, you got Winston, you got Mariota. After that, there's a huge drop off. You know, you can you can move on next year, and you can find other guys or go the veteran route. Yeah, and see, the other thing too is, but I'm I'm sorry, Kyle. The other thing too is that I I'm not going to make decisions this year out of fear of next year. I'm dealing with this year, this year. So you know, I mean, I can't say you know what. I may not get nobody next year. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Mario to now. I, I'm not buying that, dude. I, I go I go best available now. What works for me now, and I deal with next year next year. But Kyle, we got we got a special guest on the line. So I gotta let you go. First of all, thank you for calling him in. We appreciate it, and we hope to hear from you again soon. Oh, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. All right, Joe. We got we got a special guest. We got actually two special guests on the line. One's a good friend of ours, and the other one's his client. So. We're going to bring him on. we got Keith Lewis, defensive back of the New York Jets, and his agent, Dante Robinson, on the line. What's up, fellas? This is Joe and Tyson. Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Hey, doing great, how man. How you guys doing, doing tonight? Yep. I'm doing pretty good right now. Well, I'll start off with Dante. Dante, how you doing, man? Did you survive Combine weekend? Oh, man, hold on for a second. Let me check. 
try to get some where I can get some better service. I, I didn't hear what you said. What'd you say? So did you did you survive Combine weekend? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know, the, the weekend was good and you know you know, and the combine was good and got a chance to see some, some good talent, talk to some teams. Um and, you know, you got a lot of feedback. Uh, you know, it, it was it was good, good informational stuff. Awesome. Great to hear. And, and, Keith, first of all, we want to thank you for joining us. We definitely appreciate your time. You know, it's like it's exciting times for Jet fans. It's the off season. We're all talking about, you know, draft picks and combine and free agency. So what, what are you been up to this off season? I uh, just got really got back to Chicago. Originally, uh, one from Chicago. Just came back here at home. Uh, just training, you know, preparing for the, the upcoming season this year pretty much. Now, have, what, is, what has the transition been like? I mean, obviously, you joined the team under Rex Ryan. What has it been like going from Rex Ryan to, you know, the, the new regime with Mike McHagan and Todd Bowles? Have you talked to them? Have they give you any hints of like how you should train, like in the offseason in terms of weight or anything like that? Uh, it just happened so quick with uh, with everything that just happened. Uh, only person I talked to uh, was my new defensive back coach, uh, Joe Daniels. That's the only person I talked to. So uh, nothing new yet. Yes, Keith, and I want to thank you again for calling in. Uh, where do you feel like you fit in the best on, you know, Bowles' defense to maximize your talent? Uh, I've seen what uh, Bowles did, you know, with his previous uh, defensive backs and uh, coaching defense. Uh, I believe that I can bring a lot to the table, you know, with my height, my weight, my uh, my speed, mostly my speed and, and everything. Uh, I see how he coached up uh, Camardi, you know, that was the Cardinals with his uh, man-to-man defense. So I believe that I could bring that to the table, you know, playing a lot of man-to-man, off-man, or on-man. Okay. And how do you feel about the competition you may face here, you know, with the quarterback position due to the fact, you know, here we all kind of preach open competition at that at that, at that position here, just, you know, with Mike McCagney and Todd Bowles, that's kind of the way they're uh, pushing the team. So how do you feel about going into that competition with the quarterbacks that we already have here? Uh, the best man is going to play pretty much. That's how it has been in the NFL for years. But teams, uh, that's all we're looking for is to put on the field the best player. Now, we're talking with Keith Lewis, defensive back of the New York Jets. Keith, is there any players that you study their tape on or try to, to put your game behind? Is there any guys that you admire, like their work ethic or any kind of traits you try to follow? Uh, yeah, uh Patrick Peterson mostly, uh, just the way he's just so athletic on the field and so uh, rangy, you know, so versatile to play anything, do anything on the field. Uh, uh, Janora Jenkins, too. I just love his game. He's savage out there. get to the ball. This is hustle. So uh, just mark one game after those two guys. Great news to hear it. And the question is, what is your take on, you know, right now, like the last year, they're really cracking down on pass interference and, you know, you know, defensive holding, things like that. What are some of the challenges for a defensive back in this game? We always see, like, you always see the penalty flags, but we don't know why half of the time. What are your take on all the penalties and, like, the, the intent, like, the intensified coverage on the defensive backs? Uh, I believe so. Uh, what I think about that, I really don't like that rule. You know, the you know side yard rule like that. You know, just, it's just a free release, basically just getting them off the line. You know, you can't get our hands on them. So it's just hard, you know, just to to play that it's just a bit transition really, you know, to make you get better and everything. So after that, it's all up to you what you gotta do. Okay, Keith, my question is how do you feel about the New York media just being all over you and 
How do you deal with that? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, it's really tough. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's tough. <laughs> I I got to I got to step in on this one. I have to I, you know yeah. the the New, the New York media is 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 it's kind of you know L A L A and New York media are kind of the same. You know honestly, mm-hmm. you don't if you, you don't give them what, yeah. So it's, you know it's all about. I'm one of those guys who say you know if you're if you're a likable guy if you don't do anything if if you're minding your own business you know the media is not going to have anything to to write about bad about you or anything like that. Um, you know, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do on and off the field, um, I, I feel like positive vibes will, will come your way. Um, you know, you make sure you keep your answers when you when you are talking to the media. You make sure you keep your answers, you know, short and direct. Um, and you know, you, you also go on with you also go on with a, a good sense of humor um, with this. With you know, when you're talking to the media, uh, we all know that you know you can say one wrong thing, and you know the media can run with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you you always want to make sure you you having a good sense of humor. Uh, when you're talking to the media, um, you know New York media alone, you know, but it, it could it's it's a good thing, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, you know. New York media can take you a long place when it comes to marketing. Uh, yeah. Also, it can take you to take you to drop you down to a level that you never can get out of as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, uh, Keith, what quarterback and wide receiver? They don't have to be on the same team, but uh, what quarterback and wide receiver are you the most excited to play against? Uh. Our division arrival. Okay. That's what that is. So I'm ready. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Keith, I Keith, I got I got to apologize. My, my my co-host is really putting you in tough spots. First he asks you a media <laughs> question, then he asks you a, basically a Tom Brady question. So I apologize for my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but but my, my question kind of goes. Can you can you go into your background a little bit? You you have a fascinating story of how you've worked your way into the NFL. I mean, you went from Lynchburg College to Tampa Bay, and you're you're kind of like climbing the ladder slowly. Can you give us some like background on this your trip to the NFL and to the Jets? Uh, it was, it's, it's been a long journey, you know, uh, coming out of high school, uh, having plenty of offers, uh, thirty plus offers, and uh, actually signed up to a Division One school. It was a FCS school. Western Illinois, I just committed to them boys. Uh, went there for like a week. Uh, after that, just just left and went to JUCO, Junior College, College of DuPage, uh, for two years, you know, to get on the field faster. Went that route. Uh, went there uh, 08 to like 2010. Uh, I set out two years of school because uh, things at home. So, you know, things at home got tough. So, you know, I had to step up and become a man earlier, you know, just like that. Uh, went to college, uh, Virginia University of Lynchburg after that. Played there for two years. I actually thought about coming out my junior season. Uh, reached out to Dante, told me, don't do it, you know, get some more film, you know, do what you got to do. The show them, uh, went there for two years. Uh, got a lot of exposure, actually, when I went there to Virginia University of Lynchburg. Cause it's a small school, small. So I went there, played ball. Uh, I had a great season, senior season there. Uh, reached out to Dante again, and uh, they ended up signing me around Christmas time. Then I got invited to two bowl games, and that really put me on the market because I went out there and played against a lot of SEC schools, Big Ten schools, and I shut the top receivers down out there in the bowl games, and that really put me out there. And then that's being over to Tampa Bay for quite a few months. Uh, Thought I, I really did good over there, but you know, things happen. 
uh, ended up going to the NFL D-League for a few months and uh, got quite a few buzz from the teams, and I ended up going to the Jets, and things have been great. Yeah, it's really so it's it's been a, a long, long journey. Yeah. It's a credit to you for your your hard work and your determination to keep to keep going at it and to keep climbing the ladder. Now, mm-hmm. once you get here, what do you do to try to get the advantage? Like now, like you've got your foot in the door with the team. You know, a lot of like a lot of fans. We started tweeting out your information, and everybody was excited to hear from you and that your prospects with the team. What kind of like what are your goals for this off season or just like this? You know, as you go to mini camps and things like that. Uh, going mentally ready, uh, physically going ready, just going mentally ready. You know, that was just a, my big transition. I felt, you know, coming straight from college to the NFL, just not being mentally. So, after that, you know, the time that I had in the NFL with Tampa Bay, and, that, and now with New York Jets, I'm mentally ready to do what I got to do and show, you know, the coaching staff and everybody what I have to do. Okay, Keith, uh, with that said, what do you believe is something that you need to improve on skill-wise, and what exactly are you doing to get better to improve at that skill? Uh, right now, I'm here in Chicago training. You know, With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A couple of great trainers out here. Uh, they teach me a lot of things. You know, I'm getting stronger. Actually, I've been stronger. Just you know, getting off the run block. Basically, that's what I really got to work on. I've seen a lot of you know, got a lot of feedback on that. Just working on that, pretty much. Once again, we're talking with Keith Lewis, defensive back at the New York Jets, along with his agent Dante Robinson. Keith, what kind of, what type of receiver do you think is the toughest to match up with now? Is it, is it the big physical receivers, or is it more like a, a fast, like a, a slot guy? Like what, what kind of receiver do you think is, is like a toughest matchup? <laughs> Percy Harvey type. Always <laughs> <laughs> well, the Percy Harvey type. Yeah. So you're gonna, you're gonna fuel all our Percy Harvey arguments again now. <laughs> <laughs> Tough guy, you can do everything. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Keith, and with that said, what are some of the things that you pick up during film study to help you understand what an offense is trying to do? What are some of the things that you key in on? Uh, when we sit with that, like uh, when I'm studying a receiver or something, break it down? Yeah, yeah. when you're studying a receiver or maybe a quarterback trying to break it down, maybe trying to read his eyes or something like that. Uh, uh, actually, I've been learning off the veterans. That's what I'm, you know, mainly focused on right now, just learning the stuff like that. So that was one of my weakness, you know, film room study. But actually, I got better at that, you know, sitting next to the veteran. But uh, it's simple uh, studying the receiver, you know, watch a lot of film on the guys, you know, breaking down how they run their routes, uh, how they're going to break it off, things like that, just the little things I pick up off the stem, everything. And Keith, is, you mentioned like some of the guys that you, your your teammates now. Who are some of the leaders in the team, or some of the guys that have been helping you out? Just your transition to New York and your transition to the Jets. Uh, 
you know, sign practice squad. So uh, I've been comfortable around our practice squad, but it's actually in uh, our cornerback, Marcus Williams, uh, him pretty much, you know, just helping me on things like that, just on the little things out there, even though both of us rookies. And uh, Wallace actually, too, the other cornerback. Nice. Just picking up well, off their game and, and what they do. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And it's like, you know, right now, it's a, the cool thing for you is that you have a lot of young guys that are all trying to find their way in the NFL. So it's a young group that you can all work together and learn together. Then you have some veteran guys back there that can help you out as well. So that that's probably a benefit. Um, mm-hmm. Keith, we, we want to thank you so much for joining us. You know, on Twitter, you can be found at KLU underscore 34. And do you have a message for all the Jet fans mm-hmm. out there? I mean, we, we, we announced that you were coming on. A lot of Jet fans were excited to hear from you. Do you have a message for all the Jet fans out there? Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be a big season for us this year, so uh, stay with us this year. You know, you guys are going to do that, so stay with us. Awesome, Keith. Thank you very much for coming on. We appreciate it. And, Dante, thank you very much for arranging this. You're, you're always you're always good to us, and we definitely appreciate it. No problem. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Good day. Thank, thank you. All right. All right, Joe, that was uh, Keith Lewis and Dante Robinson. The, you know, Keith Lewis, a defensive back, a young rookie, you know, with a lot of promise. And when he said he, he tried to put his game, you know, to the likes of, you know, Patrick Peterson, you got to like hearing that, right? Yeah, definitely. That's a great guy to, you know, definitely model yourself after and, you know, want to play like. And like you said, when you know, that's just a great cornerback to have in your mind and kind of study and figure out what you can get from him to make your game better. Yeah, and like I said, he went he went through his history a little bit, and you know, like we, when you, you know, when you get a guest on, you try to do some research on him, and it's truly a fascinating story. It's really a, a reflection on him of his hard work and his, his diligence just to get you know into the NFL and then get on the Jets, and now he's going to try to maximize his opportunity. So you know, I, you know, it's, it's hard to not root for a guy like that. I mean, you want to see him succeed, you want to see him get a chance to play, and hopefully he can flourish in Todd Bowles' system. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing him. You know. Like I said, work with the with the competition, and hopefully he beats everyone out or beats a couple guys out, and able to see the field definitely, you know, puts on. Like you said, he's a, it's a good story to follow, and a guy that you can't wait to see, you know, how he turns out and what you get out of him. Yeah, and you just think, I mean, you know, when the Jets signed Marcus Williams off the street last year, everybody's like, oh, just another body. And look what happened. The guy made some plays, and now is a guy that's in the mix this year. So you never know what could happen in the NFL. So, you know, you know, let's hope that, you know, Keith Lewis makes the most of it and becomes an impact player for the Jets. And uh, with that being said, we've got a call on the line. we got this guy, this topic. I just know where this is going to go. We're going to bring on <sighs> Brendan. Brendan, this is Joe and Tyson. Let's talk Jets. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be on this show. You don't even know. <laughs> well, well, glad you're on, man. What's hey. up? <laughs> so, what's on your mind, man? I see that you want to talk about Revis, which is a, is always a good topic for us. So, what are your thoughts on Darrell Revis? <laughs> well, I really, I strongly believe that he should come back. Like. Strongly, <laughs> I think he's like the best cornerback in the league. No one can beat him out. Okay, well, here, here's the, and I, I appreciate what you're saying because Revis has always been a fan favorite. He's one of the best corners in the league. But Brendan, here's the question: How much money are you willing to pay this guy? Is he wants a, he wants to be the highest paid corner in football? He's worth it. I mean, you can pay him. 
trillions of dollars. I don't really care about the money. I just want my team to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Brendan, I I, appre- I appreciate your 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 supporting the team. I'm just very grateful you're not our general manager. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to say, ask you guys a question. Why don't you guys like Marcus Mariota? I'll I'll, I'll give Joe that one. Go ahead, Joe. The thing about Marcus Mariota, Brendan, I want to thank you for calling in. Um, he's a quarterback that is going to have to sit for a year outside of the fact that, you know, we're not all sold on him being a franchise quarterback. Um, you know, is he a guy that we – is a no-brainer, uh, as we spoke about earlier in the earlier in the uh, podcast. I'm pretty sure you were listening. Um, and, and the answer is maybe. You never really know. He's also soft. He has a slender frame. Uh, we take we see him take a couple shots uh, in, in those bowl games, and he he was it was hard for him to get up. Not saying that he's a bad quarterback, but he's going to have to sit for a year. Um, there's other needs that we have on this team that we can address uh, with the pick. If he's there at six still, we can trade down and we can get we can stockpile stuff for the future. Um, and there's just other things we need to address on this team uh, outside of quarterback. And there's other other things, other avenues we can go down to uh, you know fill that position. So. That, that's just just our take, my take at least on Mariota is that I, I just don't I don't think we need him. I just I, I think he's soft, and I just don't think that we need to take him in six. What about you, Tyson? Yeah, I mean it, it's a good it's a good question. I mean you know we're we're kind of hard on Mariota because we want a franchise quarterback so bad. It's not that we hate the guy; we just think that you could probably do a little better in a different position like in terms of just value. So I guess Brendan, this is is Mariota your guy? I mean, you ready to order his jersey and go get his autograph? Yes. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, he's a stud. What can I say? What are your thoughts on Percy Harvin? Uh, uh, same, no. same feeling I have. <laughs> yeah, he's not worth it. Unless you pay him, like, $100,000, you know? <laughs> See, this is – See, I Brendan, you went you – went, yeah, you went from a guy that I didn't want to be general manager to now a guy I want to be my general manager because if you're going to pay Percy Harvey $100,000, I'm going to hire you tomorrow, man. <laughs> I bet this is a name you guys heard in a while, and would you agree for him coming back, Mark Sanchez? Uh, see, now your, your, your time is up, man. This is this yeah. this oh, is the call. No, this is, this no. is the... <laughs> Brendan, we want to thank you for calling in, man. We appreciate yeah. it, and hopefully you get, to, you get a chance to call in again. Mark Sanchez is the best quarterback in the league. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Joe, he, he definitely gets the award for the youngest caller we've ever had, which is always it's always yeah. good to hear that. Um, I'm not even going to discuss the Mark Sanchez topic because that would be just a, a complete disaster. Um, but, Joe, what we could do is we'll go into a couple of things. We touched on Harvin. We touched on Spiller. We're going to go to our mailbag. I mean, first of all, I want to thank everybody that called in or uh, emailed in their questions because we got plenty of them. Um, it's at, you know, at TalkJetsRadio at gmail.com. And the first one is from uh, a gentleman called Steve Smith. And his first question was, the bigger issue, is the bigger issue for the Jets to protect Geno Smith or to create turnovers on defense? What do you think, Joe? Mm, that is it's a good question. Yeah, that is an extremely good question. I think the bigger issue for us would be to protect Geno Smith, and this is why. If you don't protect Geno Smith, that will lead to turnovers for our offense, which can lead to 
<laughs> uh, interceptions returned for touchdowns, fumbles returned for touchdowns. That, that's instant points on the board. Even if you don't create turnovers, we saw it. Um, you know, Rex, even though we struggled last year, you can get guys off the field, uh, you know, giving them three and out. As long as you get off the field, that's all that's really important. Um, you know, of course, getting turnover, getting fumbles, getting interceptions, that's great. But if you can just get an offense off the field, just shut them down, boom, you guys are gone, back off, I'll, I'll, I'll take that too. But if you don't protect Geno Smith or whoever our quarterback is going to be next year, oh, man, we're going to be in some bad, bad shape, <laughs> some bad, bad shape. That means our offense will be stagnant. We won't be scoring anything. Like I said earlier, we can we can end up having – Turnovers return uh, for touchdowns on us, and that's just that's just not going to work. What about you, Tyson? No, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, creating turnovers on defense is a great concept, but I think if you can add a legitimate pass rush that just forces the quarterback into bad decisions, just you know, incomplete passes, sacks, things like that, I think you'd be okay. But I think protecting Geno or whoever our quarterback is. Is is just is is prominent. You have to do that because you know it, we we've talked about guys like Matt Moore, Sam Bradford, all these guys, even Ryan Mallett. If you can't protect them, it, it just defeats the whole purpose. So for me, the priority has to be start with the offensive line and then worry about creating turnovers on defense next. And Steve's second question, it's another good question. These guys all got great questions actually. Is at six, what are your thoughts of Vic Beasley or Landon Collins? Oh. Vic Beasley, I tell you what, that dude is explosive. <laughs> I like Vic Beasley. I really, really do. I, I wouldn't even be mad, and I don't want to say this. I wouldn't be mad if we did take Vic Beasley at six. I would. I don't. I wouldn't like the pick because, like I said, and I've been banging the table for it. We need to trade down, stockpile guys, and get offensive linemen. But if we took Vic Beasley, I mean, he's explosive. He can come off the edge. Like that's just the guy. Man, I'm telling you, we could do a lot with him. So. I wouldn't be mad if we took Vic Beasley at six, but I, I wouldn't like the pick. I would still like us to trade down. Yeah, I, yeah. Me, Landon Collins, I understand the need for a safety, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crossing that bridge at six. Um, Vic Beasley, I mean, everything you read, he's a Von Miller type. I mean, how can you argue against Ugh. that? I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, at this point, if, if the Jets took him, I wouldn't be pissed off. I'd understand it. And I'd have to trust that they think he's the, you know, the guy that can be a, a consistent pass rush, that, that's the game-breaking guy we need. So it, mm-hmm. it's a good question, but I don't think your take on, on, on Collins, Joe, I, I would say at six, I just wouldn't go that route. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, I didn't even address that Collins. Yeah, I wouldn't take him at six. But Vic Beasley at six, like, like we definitely agreed. I, I wouldn't be mad at the pick, but I definitely would trade down Um you know, as we spoke about many, many times, to start stockpiling and, and taking care of our offensive line. And we'll and we'll keep we'll keep we'll go through the mailbag again, and we'll stay on the draft mm-hmm. room. And this is this is from our, our good friend Marty, who's uh, on Twitter. He's at Tune Time eighty eight, and Marty's a must follow for everybody on Twitter. This guy he's a, a fountain of knowledge when it comes to the draft, free agency, the Jets. A very, very good follow. And his question is: At six, if you had the options of Scherf, Fowler, Cooper, or Mariota. Where do you go? I am going shirts, hands down. Oh. <laughs> and I'm putting them right out there. I'm putting them, yeah, I'm putting them right out there at right tackle, and I'm moving Brino inside. That's what I'm doing. That's a bold statement right there, Joe. And yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Uh, you know what? And I'm not going Mariota. To me, I'd be down to Cooper and Fowler. 
And this, the, the, the defensive guy in me, and I, this is, I just, I still miss John Abraham, I think. I'm going to go Fowler. I mean, Fowler is a relentless guy. He's explosive. If you watch the combine, I mean, he's just, he brings it all to the table. And the, the comparison you see everywhere is Terrell Suggs. So, you know, for me, it's like you take a guy like that and you put him in a Todd Bowles aggressive defense, I mean, the sky could be the limit for him. So if I had a choice there, um, I would go Fowler. I know that Marty is a Mariota guy, and he was asking us how we could pass on him, which we've kind of touched on already a little bit. But it's a tough call. You know, it is. And I can see Scherf. I mean, it, I, I understand that as well. You can respect them all. But uh, for me, I, I'd probably go Fowler. Um, the next question we have, and this is another <laughs> these are good questions, man. This is from uh, Sean McGrillen, and his Twitter name is Sean McG, which we'll tweet these guys' names out later. And his question for you, Joe, is who would you overpay for in free agency to guarantee that you get him? Is there one guy that you definitely want to get that you're willing to overpay for where he comes in the building and you're not letting him leave? Mike Ayupati. Mike Ayupati. If he gets in there, he's not, he, won't, he won't leave. <laughs> I'm down, put a bag over his head, let's kidnap him. He is not leaving this building if he comes in here. We're locking all the doors, everything, towing his car away. He's, he's not going to have anywhere else to go. If he gets in the building, we have to sign him. We have to bring him in, and, that, and that's the end of story. Yeah, and that's it's interesting because my first instinct was him too. I, I thought of him immediately, and then I, I'd say my one B would be Jason Worlds. I mean, that's the kind of guy, a young pass rusher on the—he's on the climb, man. I mean, he's 26 years old, and I think just in Todd Bowles' defense, I think he could do some big things. And he, you know, I think him. All these guys are going to be in the same price range with like, you know, Worlds and McPhee and Arakbo. I think they're all going to try to command the same salary, which Worlds may be top of the line of all of them. Uh, I mean, I just—that's the guy, dude. Both of them, I would say. You know what? These are priority guys. We have the money to spend. Let's spend it. I mean, that's – what's your take on Worlds? Would you take a flyer on him? Do you think he'd be an impact player for the Jets? Yeah, absolutely. I think Jason Worlds would be an impact player for the Jets. Um, I, don't, I don't know, you know, how likely it would be to, that we would be able to bring him in and get him in because um, I know there's a couple of different teams that have looked at him. Um, I know he's talked about the Bengals as well. I don't know if he'll actually go there, yep. though, but I would definitely take a flyer on uh, Jason Worlds. So. Uh, but you know, you, you just kind of have to see what his what his what his number would be at because he's a very he's a very good linebacker, you know. So and he might command that eight to nine million possibly a year. So you, if you could bring him in a deal that would work for us, then yeah, sure. But you know, like I said, Ayupati is just that that's that's the guy I'm waving the flag for. I'm still banging the table for him, like I said before. If we can get him in, it would solve a lot of problems for us. No, I agree. And like you said, we we have the money to spend. I mean, according to the reports, you believe the Jets have to spend at least, you know, forty million dollars this off season. And you know, obviously, some of that's going to be Mo Wilkerson, his extension. You can, you, maybe they get a deal done with Damon Harrison. So the money's going to go. But I mean, guys like that. I mean, it's game breaking talent. Ayupati, there's no question about his talent. And Worlds, I mean, guys like that. You you know, it's if you get him in the building and you have a chance to sign him, that's the kind of guy I go after. So. Uh, once again, the phone lines are open, 929-477-2651. Um, you know, there, there's been some stories today about Revis and the price tag he's commanding from the Patriots. You know, and it, it's funny, Joe, because, you know, once Revis comes out, there's always the Jets are interested. When the Harvard information comes out, the Patriots are interested. Both teams are both playing a game in terms of money and trying to, you know, just, it's just all negotiation. But, you know, like Brandon asked about Revis, and, and the thing is, 
for the for his price tag, which according to I think it was Pro Football Talk or whatever, is is going to be about fifteen million a year. That's the price of say Jason Worlds and Buster Scrine. Or, you know, it's like you can get two legitimate starters for the price of Revis. And I understand, I respect Revis's talent, but he's, he's turning 30 years old. So if you say, give me, you know, Buster Scrines can be 26 years old. Give him $7 million, Give Jason Worlds $9 million. There's your $16 million. You have two starters, and two starters are going to be around a while. Yeah, I'm not even – Revis is just so out of my – <laughs> out of my thought process now. I don't know why. He's not going to come here for what we need him to come in for. And, and honestly, I just think he's using us for leverage either way. We just need to start looking elsewhere. And like you said, you can bring in guys like Buster Grimes. There's other guys. Walter Thurman is going to be out there as well. Cromarty we can still bring in at those positions. I just don't think we need to even have anything to do with Revis at all anymore, outside of the fact that you'll have to deal – you might have to deal with him holding out like he always has in the past. Just all the drama we've had to deal with him. I think we just need to move on from him, just like all the rest of the fans. Let's just put him out of our thought processes as well and start filling holes on this team as well because all the money that we would spend on him, we can start addressing other needs that we have on this team. We just don't need him. No, I agree. And the thing is, too, it's like, you know, you know, even Antonio Cromartie, and this is a guy, a fan favorite. Everybody wants to come back to New York, and there's all these feel-good stories, and he's familiar with bowls and all this. You know, the more I think about it, he he's Plan B. To me, it's Kareem Jackson, it's Byron Maxwell, it's Buster Scrine, there is David ha- uh, Devon House from the Packers. These are all guys. Joe, and the, mo- the the big thing, their age, 26 years old, 26 years old, 20. These are guys that are young. Cromartie's turning 31. So, you know, if we're going to build for the future, if we're going to put together a nucleus of players, you start with young players. Jason World, 26 years old. You know, you want to get young guys that are going to be here four or five years that you can build around. And, you know, even, even Walter Thurman's only turning 28. You know, Camardi's turning 31, and I respect his ability and everything he brings to the table, but he's not my number one priority at the cornerback position. I mean, don't you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you can bring some of those guys in, but even Kareem Jackson, like there's already talks that he's going to stay with the Texans and he's willing to take, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a hometown discount to stay there. So, yeah, it, dude, it dude. On well, hold on, yeah. Joe, 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 do you, you yeah. mean to tell me that any guy who's getting ready to take his huge first big contract to get a hometown discount, I think you're nuts. Well, no, I, listen, when I, the things that I've read about him <laughs> and, and what he said about his dealings with the Texans, I'm saying he's willing to take – He's willing to do what it takes to stay there um, and, and to get him to bring him in. Like, if he if he had a, a cap-friendly deal, then fine, yeah, you sure, you can bring him in. But I think Crow would be our number one because, again, he already knows the scheme. He's a veteran. He's worked with, He's been with Bulls in the past. That means he would ultimately come in and already know everything we need to know to also teach the younger guys here. Uh, so it would just depend uh. on how the cornerback market would play out. And I think that yeah, but dude, you can't, would be a good, you know, a good Go ahead. No. Uh, you're saying Cromartie can be, should be the number one priority? I'm saying that it would depend on how the quarterback cornerback market plays out. Um, but he would definitely be a good priority. Just because he's 30 doesn't mean he, he's, uh, he's going to be let out to pastures. He's still playing at a very high level there. He's not playing yeah, like but, some 30-year-old guy. He's still running with the young guys. He can still do some things. Granted, he is 30, but he can still he's still a very good cornerback in this league. Um, should we no, plan for the future? Yeah, we can do that in the draft too, though, Tyson. We can address corner in the draft as well. Yeah, but you know what? We, you know, at some point we got to spend money on players. Like I understand we don't want to break the bank, but I mean, if you know, if Buster Scrine wants seven million dollars a year, six million dollars a year, pay him. 
you know, House or, you know, Kareem Jackson, they want $8 million a year, $9 million, fine. Like, we got to spend money to bring players in. We can't keep saying, well, you know, if, it, if it's a cap-friendly deal, we have the money to spend. And, and $8 million for a corner that's 26 years old, I don't mind that. I don't want to pay $16 million to a guy that's turning 30. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, at some point, I'm willing, you know, you know, even like you said, we could draft these guys. You know, we, we've learned some of those lessons with the draft. We're, we're, we're putting a lot of faith in McCagnin, but, I mean, dude, like, there's, only, there's only so many solutions in the draft, and especially if you want to give up our fourth-round pick for Percy Harvin. Well, I, I just think that if, if, you're looking at the, if you're looking at that free agency market, I mean, Kareem Jackson, he's a, a very solid corner, but if, if – if the, if the market's going to look like it did last year where you're overpaying guys the way they did last year, I don't want to step into that. I don't. Um, and I think Cromartie would be a very good solution to that because he's going to come in. He's already talking about New York left and right, so he, we all know he wants to be here. And I don't think you have to give him $16 million to come in for, for two years. I think you can get him for a little bit less than that, maybe even 12. You can give him four a year. I think he'll come in at that, maybe even five a year, 15. And come in at that too, maybe act to cap it out. So, I, I, that, that's what I'm thinking. When, when I think about that cornerback market this year, I'm thinking about what we saw last year, where you we saw guys getting vastly overpaid. And I don't want to step into that because we have other needs. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you know it's at some point. I mean, I listen. I'm not. I'm going to get so much hate mail tonight. I can see this already. But yeah, I'm not opposed. To, I'm, I'm not opposed. To, you're killing me tonight, man. I have everybody hating me. I'm not opposed to bringing Camardi in, and I understand the value he brings to the table. But I want to explore younger options that they cost more. I'm fine with it. And, and a guy that you talked about, and I, I've liked. I liked him last year. Is Walter Thurman, another guy that will mm-hmm. come cheap, coming off an injury. You know, if it's about, if it's truly about competition, Joe, and and that's one thing I want to kind of talk to you about is we keep saying competition i'm hoping that that's the true case where it's like we're bringing in talent and talent prevails the name's not going to prevail it's like if you're the best player you're playing and that's it and maybe these young guys will emerge and, and you know we have a guy like keith lewis or a guy like rontez miles or something like that they can they can make a splash and will actually play you know what i mean like that's i'm hoping that we can we can bring in young talent and we can you can actually build a young nucleus where we're not having the same conversation next year Exactly, and that's what I'm hoping. I want to see a couple guys come out of those competitions, like Marcus Williams. That's a guy that I'm definitely looking at. I want to see if he was a mirage. I want to see if this guy is going to come up, if he's going to compete with whoever we bring in next year and win that spot again and play well. That's what I want to see. So I want to see some of our own guys that we already have here kind of be put into the fire, be tested, and come out and say, hey, I'm still the same guy that you saw rest of defense, I'm still that same guy. I'm still that same playmaker. You know, it wasn't just all him. I have a very good skill set. That's something else I want to see as well. No, no doubt. And we we got a couple of tweets about Brian Arakbo. And that's another guy that, you know, he mm-hmm. he's interesting because Arakbo, you know, in 2014, 2012, he missed time. 2013, he had 10 sacks. You know, we had Joel Corey on. He talked about him a little bit where it's like his, his injury almost helped him last year because it kind of like gave him a little buy of just he wasn't playing that well. Interesting guy. Mm-hmm. He may be a kind of guy where you give him like an incentive-laden deal where it's like, listen, you know, you got to give me – it's like a, it's if you show us, you're going to get paid. If you don't show us, you're not really going to – you know, you're going to be just a, another guy. I mean, I mean that's the kind of guy – you know, that's the kind of – you know what I mean, Joe? It's It's – you, you, he has value, he has potential, but the injury risk is a huge concern. Yeah, and that's that's another guy I wanted to talk about tonight as well. That's a guy, Brian Arakbo is a guy that I think would be a very depth quality signing. 
a guy that you can get on a, kind of the same deal, maybe even a little closer to like a Jason Batman or something like that. You might have to pay him a little bit more than that, but a guy like Jason Batman, you bring him in, he can come off the edge. He's had injury issues. That's why you give him an incentive uh, laden contract uh, so that, you know, nothing crazy happens and you don't end up on him a bunch of money. And I think he can give you some high value, high quality snaps. So that's the guy I'm looking looking to see how we deal with him as well. Yeah, and a couple of names that we always we get on Twitter. Uh, the first one is Brooks Reed. You know, Brooks Reed is a guy that you know when, when he was when he came out in the draft, a lot of Jets fans wanted him. He's now 27 mm-hmm. years old. He only has two. He only had two sacks last year. But the thing get the thing about him is he's solid against the run. So he's a name to keep you know keep an eye on. And the one guy mm-hmm. that is real interesting to me, Joe, is Sam. I guess it's Acho from the Arizona Cardinals. Everybody mm-hmm. keeps telling me about him, and he lost his spot. He lost his starting spot, and he has two sacks over the last two years. So, is it you're bringing him in because you want him because the Todd Bowles connection, or what's what's your take on him? I got I, I did some research on him, and I was like, all right, like I understand the connection, but I don't understand how he's climbing the ladder so quickly for us. Yeah, he's a guy that I believe played pretty solidly under Bowles as well. I, I watched a little bit of Arizona Cardinals last year. And he, he had some, you know, he had some quality snaps. And even the year before that, he had some quality snaps as well. Um, he's a guy that, I mean, you can bring him in. He, he wouldn't be a bad idea. He definitely wouldn't be. Um, the Bulls connection is one of the things that I do believe is, you know, getting him up the ladder for us. And uh, he would be a quality guy we can bring in just in case we also lose some of our defensive linemen as well because you never know what they're going to do with Kendrick Ellis. Uh, if we're going to bring him back or even LeJay Doosable. Um, maybe if we don't get Harrison signed. So he could be a guy that could come up in the name, and we could end up signing him. He's, he's a solid, solid DN. He's not a bad guy at all. Yeah, I mean, I, it's like it'd be like a kind of like a depth signing, a quality guy, but you're mm-hmm. not looking for him to come in and be beat out Quentin Copels and be a 10 sack guy. <laughs> no, he shouldn't. He shouldn't beat out Quentin Copels and be a 10 sack guy. If Quentin comes in and he's, his motor is up and he's really ready to play, he shouldn't beat out Quentin Copels. Um, but, you know, he would be a, a quality depth guy, like I said, in case we didn't know, you know, what happened with Jay Doosable or what's going to happen with Kendrick Ellis or even if we don't get Harrison signed. He could be a guy that come in and can play, you know, solidly on that line. And, and the last topic I want to cover that, we, you know, I'm just going through all our tweets, and once again, it's at TalkJetsRadio. You can email us at TalkJetsRadio at gmail.com. Um, you know, it's we've got all kinds of stuff coming on. It's Geno Smith. And, you know, he, he is a lightning rod when you mention his name because some fans hate him, some, pan, some fans want him cut tomorrow, some fans want to give him a chance. Let's just break it down, Joe. The fact of the matter is Geno Smith will be on the roster this year. He's going to be on this roster, and he's going to be competing for a starting job. Now, if you bring in whoever you may be, it, it could be Matt Moore, it could be Ryan Mallett, it could be Jake Locker, whoever it is, Geno Smith is competing for the job. If he beats the guy out, guess what, Joe, week one, He's playing. I mean, it's just it's the nature of the beast right now with his team. There is no obvious franchise quarterback, Marcus Mariota or not, that is going to say, we sign him, okay, he's our guy, M- minus a Sam Bradford, which I don't think anybody's going to trade for. So to me, Geno's going to be in the equation, like it or not, and there is a decent chance he'll be the starting quarterback this year, right? Absolutely. Um, I know a lot of fans don't want to hear that. I've been get, receiving tweets left and right about this. If he's here, and which he will be here, um, and whoever he's competing with, if he actually beats these guys out, because this is, this is going to be the first year that he's actually going to be in a legitimate 
quarterback competition where he doesn't have an edge at all. And if he comes in, learns the offense, and makes the throws and beats these guys out, then he's going to be the starter, and that's it. And there's nothing else to say about that. And we'll see what we get out of him. We'll see how he performs. But if if he comes out and, and wins this legitimate quarterback competition, then there's there's nothing we can say. He's going to be the starter. And the thing, and the thing is, too, and what kind of bothers me is, listen, I was hard on Gino. We both were. We both get frustrated because of the, the stupid mistakes and everything else. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're still Jet fans. Like, I don't want to see this guy fail. Contrary to – dude, I want to see him succeed. I would love for Geno Smith to emerge this year as a franchise quarterback. How is that a bad thing for us? I mean, it's like, okay, it's his third year. Maybe maybe the life finally clicks on for him. So, I mean, if anything, I'm rooting for him. I hope we bring in, say, a Jake Locker and, dude, let the best man win. And if Geno shines and emerges and he plays well, how is that a bad thing for the New York Jets? It's not like I'm not writing him off. I'm not shipping him out of town. He's going to be here anyway. He's got a very affordable contract. You know what? It, mm-hmm. It's just – you hope that it works out for him. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't have that animosity towards him where I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe he's competing. Let him compete. The more, the merrier. You know what I mean? And if he wins it, great. If he doesn't, he's a good backup. Absolutely. Um, I've my my frustrations have been with Gino is that he has shown flashes from time to time that he can do things in this league, but it's the mental stuff. It's the inconsistencies mentally with him that you just start just angering you. Um, physically, we all know he's gifted. He has all the tools. He can make all the throws. But it's just – it's reading defenses. It's, it's you know, getting everything set up for your plays. It's calling your plays on time. It's just certain things that he just struggles with, and that's the thing. But if he comes out and, and is able to beat these guys out and he turns into this, you know, great quarterback this year, then, hey, it works out for us and we're great. And and we I don't have a problem with him either. It's just I've just been frustrated with his, with his inconsistencies in the past, you know. Yeah, and it's funny because we, you know, we get we get all these tweets and we try to respond as many as we can and everything else, and it's just the animosity towards genomes. Like, listen, I get it, you know, but you know, and the 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 other notion is too is that you know you kind of mentioned it earlier is it's tough to bring a, a rookie quarterback into this market, and and I agree it is. There's no doubt if if the Jets did go ahead and draft Marcus Mariota, the pressure under that kid is going to be enormous because there's always there's already the ghost of Sanchez, there's the ghost of Gino, and it's just it's not going to go away. So then it comes down to, you know, McCagnan and Bowles having a, a strong stance saying, "Listen, this is our guy. He's not going to play right now." And it had that and just make it clear. Listen, he's not ready and, and he's going to sit and you know, you don't you don't cater to the fans, you don't cater to the media. You have your own, you know, your own organizational guidelines and that's what you follow. You know, it, it's just, it, Joe. It's just so funny because every article you read, it's, there's pressure on McCagnan to draft. You know, to find his franchise quarterback. There's pressure on McCagnan. There's pressure on McCagnan. Where is the pressure? You, 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 there's, a, there's no, there's no lockdown slam dunk quarterback available right now. There's not. So how, it's not like there's Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers available, and he can't sign either one of them. He blows and doesn't sign them. There's no guy like that out there. So how is there pressure on him? The only pressure he has it's, is to bring in competition for Gino, right? Exactly. And the, the only pressure that where that's coming from is just the media. The media trying to drum up stories. There's so much pressure on this guy. Quarterback, franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. Because if they did, we'd already have one, okay? There's so much pressure. There's so much pressure. There's so much pressure. That there's no pressure here because all the guys that are out there, even in the field, you, you don't know. Like, you, you look at the free agency field of who we have here, you don't know. You look at the top two quarterbacks in the draft, I mean, they're not for sure bets. You don't know if there's a franchise quarterback out there. Like you said, there's no Andrew Luck. There's no, you know, 
Tom Brady's or Peyton Manning's out there that we're just not paying attention to, not signing them and not bringing them in. So, you know, there's no pressure here. We just got to start planning for the future. We need to give, uh, you know, legitimate competition and just move forward from there. There's, There's no pressure. That's just media hype. Well, the other thing too is and it's comical. Is like there's pressure on McCagnan to to nail the, the the sixth pick in the draft. Well, guess what? There's pressure on every general manager in the NFL to make a quality first round pick. It's like exactly. let's not make it jet specific. Let's make it NFL specific. If you blow the number four pick in the draft, I don't care if your name is Ozzie Newsom or Mike McCagnan, you're gonna get a rash of trouble for it. That that's just the way it is. So it's like it's 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 like kind of like it's. Kind of trendy. Okay, the Jets are on the clock. Let's make fun of them and put pressure on them, or let's let's make a mountain out of a molehill. The fact of the matter is, you know, they've got to draft well, and not just the first round pick, not the second round pick, the entire draft class. And it's something. It's so funny. He's like, well, he's got to nail his first round pick. Okay, so if he gets a great pick in the, at number six and blows the next six rounds, is he a good general manager? Exactly, and that's one of the things I wanted to touch on tonight too. As well, it's just not about the first round. I will, you know, yep. you got to find value all throughout this draft from fourth and down. If you look at our past draft, that fourth round was key for us. We got a lot of guys in later rounds, Leon Washington and other guys that have definitely con- uh, contributed to this team. Um, you know, so he, he's got to have a solid draft. And uh, the media, the way they just drub stuff up just blows my mind. If you miss, you know, on your, on your first round pick and you don't do this, then you, you're a bad GM in the way they grade stuff. It's just, it, it, it's all ridiculousness. It, he needs to come out, have a solid draft, make smart decisions, make smart decisions in free agency, and just make the team better as a whole. There's just, it's just all ridiculousness. Yeah, it is. And it's like, you know, you want, he has to have a, a you know, a, a defined plan, and I think mm-hmm. as Jet fans, we want to see after his draft class, okay, this made sense. You know, in the fifth round, he went running back, it's a need. You know, like, you, you want to see less projects and more impact players. You want to see, you want to see a reasoning behind it, and even, like, your free agency approach. And, and this is what I want to touch on with you, and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. the, the articles, when you see an article that says the Jets must draft so-and-so, Joe, I want to go insane. And, and the reason is this, you know, if now say just say for example the Jets must draft Randy Gregory, okay, I could see that. You know, Nebraska big player, great athlete. If we go out and sign Jason Worlds, do we need Randy Gregory? No, we don't. So you know the Jets must you know we must sign Randall Cobb. Okay, or no, we must we must draft Amari Cooper. Okay, say we let Percy Harvin go and we get Randall Cobb. Do we need Amari Cooper? No, we don't. That's the so for me, and this is what I want to talk to you about is free agency is going to define a lot for our draft process. I'm not saying just because we you know we sign two offensive linemen, we won't draft another one. We probably will. But if we have a solid free agent class, we get some big splash players, say a big time receiver, or we keep Percy and we get a big pass rusher. That that number six pick changes dramatically, don't you think? Exactly, and th- and that's why I'm looking to see what we do in free agency first before I'm you know willing to go out and say, hey, this is what we need to do here, and this is what we need to do there, except for trading now because I do believe that's what we need to do. But I-, I think a lot of the guys that we, I think the the free agency will make our draft board a little look a little bit differently. Um, yep. You know, all those articles that that are written are just like I said. It's just it's all media hype and media stuff. You don't. Have, we need to go do this. We need to go do that. If we can get a guy in here, say say we do let Piercy go and we get Randall Cobb, you know, then then our like you said, our, our sixth pick is going to look totally different. The way the way things how we 
may deal with things, how we may move down or who we may trade that pick to even could look a lot differently too. So I, I don't I don't even read those articles. I just, when I see them, I laugh, I chuckle, and I keep it moving. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, I just see where it's like, it's a catchy headline. The Jets must draft this guy. And it's like, all right, tell me what my free agent moves are first, and I'll tell you if you're right or not. So a lot's going to be playing out. I mean, there's a lot of smoke screens, a lot. I mean, you know, just when you read these articles, keep in mind, what is the agent trying to do? I mean, Dante Robinson, we talked to him last week. He, he said, once in a while, you try to fuel some fires, and that's what people do. and It's fine. It's, it's called business. It's how you make money for your clients. And teams are going to leak stories as well. If they want to get rid of a player, they want to trade. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're, they're praising Mike Lennon. You know they want to trade him, but they're trying to build his value up. So it's an interesting time. It's it's crazy, <laughs> you know. But just when you see these stories, always keep the other side of mind. It's, it's a business, and somebody's trying to make money off it. Exactly. So that's why I just don't. I just don't pay them no mind. It's just something to you know get going, get the fans going, and, and have people talking. But you never know what the future holds. You never know what we're going to do in free agency. All we can speak of is just right now, the way the team looks right now, and kind of give our opinions and. And, and talk about moves that we think should be made right now. But who knows who we can bring in, who knows who we'll sign. So we'll see what happens. So, Joe, is there anything else you want to cover? Because I have one more question for you, but I don't see anything else you want to cover. No, go ahead. I want to hear your question. My question for you is, what are we betting? I want to bet you something that if Percy Harvin will be a New York Jet this season. So what do you want to bet, man? Let's bet something. Mm. Mm, mm. What do you, do you want? Do you want to, do you want to think? Do you want to think about it and get back to me next Tuesday with your? We're gonna, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a bet and we're gonna make something yeah. here because I want to know. <laughs> we got to up a little betting, bit. Are you betting that he's gonna be gone? He's gone. He is out of here. Oh, oh, this is easy. This is gonna be an easy one. Okay, let me give me give me a little bit of time. Give me give me a little <laughs> bit of time. I, I, I want to make I want to make it something that hurts. So give, give me a little bit of time. And I'll, I'll, get, I'll definitely get back to you. We'll, we'll see. We'll definitely see. <laughs> All right. We want to before before we let Joe go. We want to make sure we thank uh, we want to thank Keith Lewis for joining us tonight. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. It's a K Lou underscore thirty four. Uh, we want to thank Dante Robinson for arranging everything for us. Um, we also want to introduce our new our new uh, member of the team is Kevin. He's helping us screen calls and produce some of the things. So we'll we'll be shooting out his uh, Twitter handle as well. And Joe, share your information, man. I know you got your your YouTube channel and all kinds of good stuff going on over there. Oh yeah, definitely. Thank you, thank you. Um, my YouTube is Young J Zero Zero. Um, I go through the entire NFL season. I'll be talking about uh, Jets news that's coming up as well in free agency and the draft. Uh, my Twitter is Young J Zero Zero Zero. Tweet me, follow me, troll me. I will tweet you, follow you, and troll you right on back. And uh, you know, I just want to thank everyone for listening as well. As everyone knows. I am the man of the people, and I love the people, love the listeners of the show. So let me know. Oh, you hate if you want to, Tyson. Let me have my shine. I love the people. Uh, you know, so talk to me. I'll talk back. Also, we have a Facebook page as well. Um, you know, I'll be tweeting that out as well. Come like the Facebook page, start your conversations, share your blog posts. You know, talk to me. I'll talk to you back on there as well. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, and thank you for all you know the listeners support our shows on iTunes and you know like I said it's it's interesting time we have a lot of special guests lined up for the next couple of weeks you know from agents to draft analysts to salary cap guys to players so keep tuning in we'll do our best to give you some good quality Jets information and I'm looking forward to our bet next week Joe so think of something good man. 
Oh, I definitely will. I definitely will. I, I can't wait. I'm, 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 I'm very sure about this one. But okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you better be ready. I'll talk to you next week, man. All right, thank you. I'll talk to you then too. You're